Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you all out to the live Q&A with yours truly. Hope you all doing exceptional on this Friday, man. I hope you guys are ready for the weekend and not just for the weekend, but to uh, pursue the purpose that I feel that you feel God has for you to do, um, making it productive, making it productive with family. But with all that being said, I want to welcome all my first time viewers, man. If you've been watching this and it's your very first time and you're like, yo, I like this guy's vibe after watching this, make sure you go ahead and subscribe. I would love to have you a part of this uh, community here online so that I could be able to serve you with your life questions because my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimism. But for those who've been watching for a mighty long time, you've either been a subscriber from, for 13 years or you've been a subscriber for 13 minutes. I want to welcome you uh, out to my community. I really appreciate all y'all support, however you support, whether you support it by a subscription, whether you support it by a thumbs up, whether you support it by sharing or sewing, however you support, I just want to say thank you. But this is a live Q&A, so I'm waiting on the people to come in through the live so I can be able to serve them. So let's see what we have in the live. I'm going to give you an opportunity to come on in so I can answer you guys' questions. Um, and live Q&As are my favorite, man, because I get to add value immediately. I get to add value specifically. And it gives me an opportunity to real, really allow the Holy Spirit um, to use me to be able to see how through his word and through his leadership, how I can be able to answer some of you guys' tough or just complicated questions for you. So we got Stephanie Marie. Good evening. How you doing? How you doing? J uh, Jay Hen for Christ, thank you so much for your answer yesterday, Josh. Blessing to you. God bless you too. I'm so glad that those answers or that answer was a blessing to you. Enoch, what's going on, family? How y'all doing? Tam Reporter says, hey, coach, how do I discover my purpose and find out what my gifts are? Very great question. Before I get into this question, because I want to make sure I serve you now, um, I have a ton of videos on purpose here on YouTube uh, or on my podcast. All you got to do is simply type in Joshua Ezzy and purpose. I definitely got a very good video that I did last year on how to discover your purpose under my for singles, not for singles only, but the purpose of singles playlist. So make sure you check that out. Uh, just in case you haven't already. But now for you, Tam Tamara, let me get right this. How you discover your purpose? You discover your purpose by discovering uh, um, um, who you are in Christ and discovering um, God himself. And what I mean by discovering God, getting to know him. Um, it's hard to know your purpose if you don't know the person of God, because if you don't know the person of God, you don't want to know yourself as a person, and then you won't be able to know your purpose. Um, purpose is all aligned uh, um, with, with what the, is with the creator. So you discover your purpose by first slowing your life down and saying, hey, I need to know this. And the only place that you can find that information is in God. But your purpose is usually surrounded by your passion. There's uh, a few things that will help you discover your purpose. Number one, your passion. We're talking about a passion where it can't be quenched. Even if you run away, it can't be quenched. You're like, man, I got to do this. I'm passionate. Number two, another way you can find um, your purpose is through a pain. What pain in the world um, do you know for a fact that you're drawn to. See, passion and then there's compassion. Passion is what you just gravitate towards, the means, um, the mold, the, the ideas, the, 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 the way you move your hands, the move your brain. It's, it's passion. You're like, man, I'm passionate about this and I'm into now. Compassion is something in the world that's asking your passion to come towards it. Those two things will help you discover your purpose outside of spending time with God because compassion is saying there's something I saw on TV. 
something I saw on TikTok, something I saw on Facebook, something I saw on Instagram, something I saw in media or in my school or in my job or in my coworker's life that's pulling me towards it, that's asking me to bring your passion of writing, your passion of drawing, your passion of communication, your passion of sports, and it's asking you to come and solve that problem. So your passion, not your passion, but your purpose around um, something that you're passionate about, um, something that you have a, a, a problem that you want to so, uh, solve in the world. And, and those kind of things will kind of help you discover your purpose and find out my what my gifts are. Um, you've been, you were gifted from the womb. You were gifted when you was formed in your mother's womb. Um, everyone know what their gifts are, but some people have a poor perspective towards their gift. Your gift is what is what you're naturally good at. What is that one thing you just naturally good at? You was born to do. You 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 came out the womb drawing. You came out the womb speaking. You came out the womb. Usually your gift is what you do easily. Usually your gift is what you do uh, um, uniquely. And 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 all you have to do is get a sheet of paper and really write down what are the things that you are really good at. Some people are very gifted in hospitality. Some people are very good at those kind of things. So take the time to really investigate your life, but it's hard to discover your purpose if you're not going at the pace of purpose, if you're not going at the pace of God and really allow him to utilize your surroundings to help you discover those things. But go on my YouTube channel now and type in Joshua Ezzy and purpose. I have a ton of videos that will help you. I have another video that may not have the word purpose in it, but it's called the sixth sense. So type in Joshua as in the sixth sense. That's another great video I did maybe like eight years ago, seven years ago that I think would benefit you. Brandon Spencer says, your thoughts on divorce and remarriage? I answered your question, fam, yesterday. So check out the video I did yesterday. I went in about maybe five to seven minutes on that topic. So check out that um, video I did yesterday. I mean, just do, I mean, just go to the next video over and that I answer your question in that video. Katura Reed said, oh, hey, coach, how you doing, girl? You doing all right? Enoch Booktoom says, hey, coach, does God uh, ever get, like, annoyed or mad sometimes when we disobey and sin? Like, I know he loves us and is forgiving, but does that ever happen? Throughout the Bible, we see how God has feelings, that God is uh, concerned. I won't even say concerned, but God is invested. Um, and a lot of people, they just think that God is a machine without feeling that God's a machine without personality. Um, but I wouldn't say God would get annoyed uh, or 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 mad, um, um, particularly as someone that he already foresees uh, uh, fulfilling their purpose. I'm, well, let me make sure I make that clear. Um, when God pursued you and he, and he, um, um, he allowed the goodness to draw you to repentance, right? Um, there was purpose in that pursuit, right? Now, when it comes to us and God, I think what God naturally goes through is, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's like, oh, man, you suck. I don't think God's going to be like, man, I wish I never. Now, in the Old Testament, yes. But after the fulfillment of his of, of His son, Jesus, um, um, life, death, burial, and resurrection, I think there's a different level of grace and mercy that is, is upon us. But that doesn't mean that God is not in fellowship. And the Bible does talk about how we grieve his spirit. And grievance is, is a, a level of, I would say annoyance, but a level of, come on, man. Like, like we, we trying to do something here. Like, come on, man, let's stay focused. I think that's the attitude. Um, I think, I, but, uh, but oftentimes some people just grieve them to the point to where it just is what it is. But I think when it comes to us and God, I think when we, when we more so understand that he is a person 
and that he loves us and that he has a plan for us and that we have the present help of the Holy Spirit to enable us to do what we previously can't do, then I think our relationship would then grow. So my focus, I don't want you to focus on is uh, uh, when you mess up. I want you to focus on who's there when you do and whose grace and mercy is there to help you and support you as you go forward. Um, but as far as mad and annoyance, I want to make sure that we don't view God. I'm not saying you are, but I want to make sure we don't view God from how our parents may have, may have viewed us. I don't want you to get consumed with the, well, uh, it, God is just like how my home was. Now, God is, is more uh, um, um, unique than that. Um, God is, is more gracious and merciful than that. So, um, But I do think that he does hate what sin does in people. And I think that adds to the grievance of the Holy Spirit, because if my people would just um, fully understand who I am and what I have for them and just be a part of the program, then great things will happen for them. But I hope they answer your question to some degree. Liz uh, Lizzie Lewis says, please pray for me in my mind. My past has fallen from grace and I am completely devastated as are other church members. To follow someone for so long and believe they're an upright person, um, good moral character is so shocking to find out that they really weren't who they said they were or lived what they preach. I'm in tears right now and I had a hard time sleeping last night. I know we aren't supposed to put our total trust in man and even preachers, but I just can't fathom what he is accused of doing. So please pray that God will give me peace in my mind as me and so many in the body of Christ try to heal and recover from the devastating news. Well, <clears throat> you, you kind of answered your question or you kind of really um, helped your own self. Um, that, this is what happens when, and, and most times you don't know the level of connection you have to a person until these kind of moments. And sometimes we set ourselves as a failure when, when we have over a period of time um, been breastfed or been nurtured by, or we have allowed our soul spiritual a nurturing to be through a man versus the man Christ Jesus versus his spirit. You see what I'm saying? And so what we all have to be warned by is understanding that people are flawed. People will make mistakes. People will fall from grace. And a lot of people who start churches started off well, but may not finish well. And that that's why we, number one, should pray for our pastors. But number two, make sure we're not so connected to them that when these things happen, we become devastated. Now, for me, I have kind of weaned myself off of uh, of of preachers, even my own pastor, like I love him, but I know that he's a man. So psychological, not psychological, but mentally, you have to really understand going forward, Lizzie, that uh, that I cannot allow uh, my church or my pastor to be my sole connection to the spirit world. You have to make sure you develop strongly your own private relationship with God, your own personal relationship with God, where you're able to understand that he's your source, that if anyone falls from grace, if I make a mistake or if anyone ever make a mistake, that your relationship with God is not 80-20. 80% of who you are is in the church culture or in these preachers while 20% is on God. So it's one thing to be sad. It's another thing to be devastated. Don't get me wrong. That is shocking news and please understand my heart about that but 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 this should be a warning going forward um that I cannot allow my uh relationship not a relationship but my walk with God to be so immersed and connected in a man or in a church that that if stuff happens in there my faith is shaking now you didn't say your faith was shaking so that's good but how to heal from this and I'm gonna pray for you because I'm gonna make sure I uh, um do that because I won't forget this um, that, that you understand or that you find peace knowing that, um, what a man does behind a pulpit has nothing to do with Jesus on the throne, that Jesus on the throne is not, um, uh, or disappears when someone, um, is falling from grace. Let me make sure I, uh, 
We're not supposed to put our total trust in man and even preachers, but I just can't fathom. Listen, you'll be surprised what people do, Lizzie Lewis. You'll be surprised what stuff people are in. Look at David. Look at Moses. Look at Abraham. Look at all these, not Abraham, but Noah. Look at all these different people in the Bible who was caught up in things. Uh, uh, and some people God will use even after God uh, or some people are. Uh, one thing I heard at one time is that God will keep you working even after he's fired you. And what I mean by that, some preachers are running on talent, but not anointing. Anointing is level of focus. Anointing is a level of, of, of reverence. Anointing grows when there's reverence. Anointing grows when there's a uh, 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 fellowship with God. And sometimes we get so caught up in the theatrics that we think a person is really about this, but that person just running on their own gas, running on their own talent and haven't been connected with God for a period of time. And this is when falls begin. So stay encouraged, my friend. And don't let this bother you too much. Process your emotions, process your thought. And also position yourself going forward that you don't uh, set yourself up for this kind of uh, devastation again. I hope that helped and hope that encouraged you, but I will pray for you. Give me one second. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for my friend here, Lizzie, um, that you have strengthened her that she'll understand that no matter what happened behind the pulpit or happened in a pastor's life, it doesn't affect who you are, Christ. It doesn't affect who you are. So I thank you, Lord, for strengthening her, giving her peace and surpass all understanding and letting her know that men are flawed. People will make mistakes, but you won't, God. And I pray, Lord, as her and her church family grows from this, that they are healed from this trauma and that their emotions and their heart lean towards you, understanding that you are the only hope and trust. It's just that we pray. Amen. Let's see who's next. We got Enoch. We already did Enoch. I think I did Enoch's country. Hey, coach. Okay, did that one. Lizzie, Lizzie. Okay, Kristen. What's going on, Kristen? When dating, should the guy make his intentions known at the beginning? Can you over-spiritualize things? You can over-spiritualize dating. Let me read that again. When dating, should the guy make his intentions known at the beginning? Can you over-spiritualize dating? You definitely can. Uh, many people over-spiritualize uh, um, dating, over dating because dating is an idol. Anytime idolatries in the midst, there comes a level with the believer, the over-spiritualization of that thing. And sometimes we think that the goosebumps that we feel in, we think that what we feel about, what we hear in our spirit about, this is the one. We think it comes from the one as far as God, but it never came from his mouth. It never came from his spirit. And sometimes we get so caught up in the feeling of, of faith versus the foundation of faith in regards to facts. And when you get into the feelings of faith, we get so caught up in testimony. We get so caught up in and what God is doing, quote unquote. We get so caught up in the move that when it comes to things moving our way, we get so caught up in, oh, look at God and God is doing this for me. And then we never take the time to investigate. We never take time to audit. We never take time to compare with scripture. We never take time to really um, be at pace with God or even know God enough to even know if this person is from God, right? So when dating, let's get to your first question. When dating, should a guy make his attention over? Yes, at the very beginning. Uh, a, a gazelle knows the intentions of a lion from the beginning. <laughs> they, they've been taught from the beginning uh, that when a lion is in the in the in the field, 
We know what his intentions are. I mean, any man who doesn't make his intentions known doesn't understand the, the role of a man in the pursuit of a woman. A man should always make um, his intentions known because that lets the woman know whether or not it gives the woman the opportunity in the beginning to decide whether or not this should be something that uh, uh, begins, right? And so if a guy is not making his intentions known, he's nine times out of 10 will set you up to be confused or um, just uh, misused. But um, some guys, uh, if you if a guy doesn't say his intentions, you can see his intentions, right? So don't get so caught up in um, wasting your time with the person who hasn't verbally communicated their interests um, for you. Now, I don't mean that may have to talk about I want to marry. We're not talking about those kind of intentions, but he should at least make it very clear that he wants to get to know you in a way um, outside of friendship and et cetera, like outside of those things um, like that. Um, but he should know in the beginning, just like a gazelle knows the lion's intentions from the beginning. Um, a man who's pursuing a woman should make his intentions known and you should know what his intentions are. But the spiritualization of dating, the over spiritualizing of dating is very dangerous because a lot of people get so caught up in and God. <clears throat> being in the goosebumps that God's being in the, in our, in our, um, um, hearts to such a degree that we, that we are the ones telling ourselves subconsciously. Sometimes we allow our subconscious mind to feed on these different things that about time it does creep into the conscious mind. You actually think it's God, but it's just your infatuation. It's just your emotions. And it's really has nothing to do with God. So great question. Uh, let's see here. Jay Hand for Christ says, how do I get into, uh, how do, how do I not get into self-pity and hurt and remain confident when God disciplines? I know God is love. Should I maintain that perspective? Let's look at it again. How do I not get into self-pity and hurt and remain confident when God disciplines? You have to understand that uh, um, uh, God chastens those whom he loves. Everything points back to the love of God. His tender and tough love always points back to him. Right. Um, so God chastens those whom we love. And what happens is we look at chastening based upon how we were chastened as children. And sometimes because we was beat with drop cords and we was beat with switches and we was beat with different things. We think that uh, uh, or maybe it usually it wasn't what we was beat with. It was words we were beat with that while we were being beaten or while we were in homes, we were verbally not me. I don't want to say we like I was, but people grew up in homes where they were verbally abused. And so what happens is we think that when God is pruning us or chasing us, that there's some level of, 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 of resemblance or, or uh, uh, um, similarities. And then all of a sudden we get into self-pity and then we start getting hurt because we feel like God hates us as he's chasing us, that God is saying the things that our parents may have said uh, uh, in, our, in our souls, but that's not God. Um, God chastens us um, uh, and, and God prunes us and God pursues us um, because he loves us. And, and since we were and since some of us wasn't chastened in love, we don't know when we're chasing by love. And so since we weren't chasing in love as children, we don't know um, what it feels like or know what it is to be chastened by love who is God. So to read the way to get out of self-pity is to realize you have to change your perspective of God in comparison to your perspective or what to happen with your parents. Right. You have to look at God differently. So I want you to look up scriptures on pruning. I want you to look up scriptures on chastening. And, and, and the discipline from the Lord, and then you will begin to see how much it is in, in, uh, um, immersed in his love for purpose, letting you know, hey, man, 
There's more than that. Now, God doesn't chase him with cancer. He doesn't chase him with disease. Um, sin naturally does those things. So God don't need to put disease on you for the learn. Your sin, your, the fruit of sin naturally does that for you. And, and God allows that because you chose through pride to be in sin. But how God chastens is that he will begin to remove things. He will begin to attack your idols. He began to show you your heart. And sometimes when you see your heart for what it really is, it really does make you feel bad. It does make you feel whatever. But you, instead of feeling bad, feel glad that God is actually chasing you. Because if he doesn't chase you, that means you're not in fellowship. He said, I know God is love. Should I maintain his perspective? Definitely maintain every perspective. Shift your perspective and understanding in a deeper way God's love for you. And it should be self-empowering. Because, you know, the Holy Spirit is a present help to help you to do better, to help you um, become who you were created to be. And, and don't get hurt. Uh, uh, realize it is help. Realize it is healing. So I hope that helped, family. Shannon M says, Hey, coach, if I wait on God to send me the one, would they ever cheat on me since everyone does have free will and 20 years from now they might feel different? Uh, I won't think that far ahead, uh, but I do believe all good gifts come from God. And that doesn't mean that doesn't eliminate free will. But but you have to free yourself from the trauma or free yourself from the uh, um, stronghold of what may have held uh, uh, or what was held against your mom or dad or anyone that really uh, makes you feel uh, afraid of that. Because imagine trying to be married with someone with that in the back of your mind. It's going to make it, you may push them to cheat. I'm not saying that. Please hear me close. You may push them to not want to be married. But when you're free from the beginning and you're in fellowship with God and you flow with him, then you will naturally find a, a unique fellowship between you and your significant other where there is no... Um, 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 in the back of your mind, you're overly critical of his actions or her actions, or you always seeing that that's just too much. That may push a person away. That may push that person to someone else's in someone else's life. We do not want to be in any way um, uh, 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 open door for the devil to uh, oppress our significant other. And uh, the best way for us to be an oppressor to our uh, lover is when we um, have a misunderstanding of love or when we have hurt in our heart. You have to allow yourself to be healed so that you can walk into that thing, trusting God that he sent this one and trusting God that he will sustain that one while sustaining you. So anything from God is not gonna, not, people from God don't come perfect, but but it's perfect for you. So we're not saying this individual is going to cheat on you and stuff like that, but you got, I'm, I don't even, because I can't predict what a person will do in 20 years, but I have to shift your perspective right now so that you don't walk into something with that in the back of your mind and you extra critical and, and, and you now become an oppressor to your lover. And then y'all can't um, discover what God has for the both of y'all. You see what I'm saying? Um, so people have free will, people have mistakes. Cause what I don't want to happen is every little mistake that that individual makes in that marriage, you now um, uh, will create uh, uh, or give that person a capital punishment when it was a misdemeanor. He jaywalked or she jaywalked and now you want to put him in prison for 40 years. You see what I'm saying? All he did was uh, um, whatever, a little mistake that whatever. And then all of a sudden you assuming more than what's there. And then now all of a sudden you got that man or woman like, yo, I want to get out of here. Hope that helps because you don't want to go into it with 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 
uh, damaging thought patterns because you could be the, the, the person used to even put, because you have what you think, you have what you say, you have what you feel, and we don't want that to be a part of your life. Great question, though. My gift is poetry. Tiffany Green. Did I answer? Let me see what Tiffany Green. My gift is poetry. That's good. Oh, you, you just communicate. Yeah, that's powerful. Keep pursuing it. Oh, we got a super chat. Thank you, Christine Williams, for your super chat. I really appreciate you. I just want to say I appreciate all the people who support what I do, man. Y'all are generous to me. Y'all give, man, and I really appreciate y'all support. Y'all really do help me um, create more um, discipleship resources, tools, card games, books. You definitely, you guys help me with the students in my school and supporting them. Man, I really appreciate y'all's generosity towards me. I probably have one of the most generous um, communities here on YouTube. And I just want to say thank you. And uh, for those who like, man, I would love to support you. If you can support many ways, you can support by going on my website, um, I am unplugged.com description link in um, this link in description box below. You can give uh, just by donation through PayPal or whatever. You just super chat, not super chat, yeah, super chat or cash out all the ways. Also, my Patreon. Check out my Patreon if you want to give and 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 in giving receive coaching. You can do that too by going to my Patreon. I think I have um, that information. It'll be in my description box below, but I'll go ahead and show it here. You go to my Patreon now. There's multiple tiers um, for you to be a part. Simply, all you got to do is type in Joshua Ezzy um, right here on Patreon.com. I pop up right there. And my coaching uh, is going to be different going forward. I probably do still do some one-on-one -on -one coaching with people that I've been coaching for a period of time. But for everyone that wants that coaching towards their purpose, towards their relationship, that, that just want to be a doer of God's word and a doer of their purpose and, and a doer in their relationships, uh, uh, join me now on Patreon. Um, I do uh, Zoom calls. Uh, I do one-on-one -on -one for those who are in a different uh, pay bracket. But everyone in these top tiers, 8, 25, or 35, you give whatever you want to give. But these three people that get access to exclusive content, exclusive podcasts. I just did another uh, uh, a podcast on how to start. Also, for those who want a little bit more in their coaching experience, man, you get um, at the $50 mark, you just get access to some um, T-shirts. And, but this one right here, 125, you will be able to get a little bit longer time with me one-on-one -on -one with life coaching and whatnot. Um, but everyone will get access to me in exclusive Zoom calls where they'll be able to be served um, uh, in some level of coaching. So, hey, thank y'all so much for your generosity and your support. And for those on my Patreon, thank y'all so much. We'll be doing a one-on-one. Now, one-on-one, we'll be doing a Zoom call tomorrow, um, Saturday. Um, I already let the, Zoom, I let the uh, Patreons know. So if you want to be a part of that one-on-one uh, uh, -on -one Zoom call tomorrow, um, make sure you sign up today and you'll find out what time and um, you'll be able to at least get that face-to-face. -face. And it'll be a smaller room where you get listed face-to-face -face and you get to really ask your questions and I get to serve you. Thank you. You're so welcome, Lizzie Lewis. I'm glad it was a blessing. Oh, did I skip somebody? Give me one second. Um, Jay, how to get himself pity? Okay. Got time for two more and I got to go. Uh, Ramona from uh, Everett, Washington. Thank you so much for watching. Shariah says, how to spend time and actually wait on God and wait, serve him. How to handle times of being unwell? Great question. Um, How to spend time and actually wait on God and wait and serve him? Great question. Well, um, time is currency, so you have to spend it well. And you want to spend uh, in things that will have a greater return. Um, and the best return you're going to ever get with your time is time with God. 
how you spend time with God is basically through discipline and through relationship. You make time. You uh, uh, like you can make money. You can make time. Uh, uh, if you can make money to spend, you can make time to spend. You see what I'm saying? And and you do that by picking a particular time, a particular place um, where you are uh, most likely uninterrupted. And you do that by um, like for me, I'll, I'll turn my cell phone off. Um, I'll eliminate all access points of potential distractions, right? So that I can spend undivided attention with God. Now, spending time with God can be multiple different ways. See, for me, I'm more of a head guy than I am a heart guy. So I always start with reading. I got to start with words. Words is like my superpower. Words is where I'm gifted at. So I start with the word of God and I start, I begin to read. And then from my reading, I'm then led to the feeling. From my reading, then I'm led to worship. Then I'm led to quiet time because I always bring a notebook and I bring a pen with me when I spend time with God because I know God always downloads or uploads because God is not downloading. He is uploading from his spirit. Make sure we change that terminology because people think, and it is a download, don't get me wrong, because it's coming from the father through his spirit, but it's uploaded in us through his spirit. And so I love to jot down like the book that I'm writing now. I was going to go in a totally different direction in the book, in another book topic, but God uploaded in me saying, hey, we're talking about this. We're talking about root issues. We're talking about um, the source problems of why people struggle. And so we, we that's what we about. But that came from time with God. When you see the value of your time with God, you will spend more time with God because, you know, there's a return on that value. Most people think time with God is about I'll spend time as a chore and then he'll have to be like a, I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna rhyme with that, but he has to be this individual has to pay me back for this, for this right here. But no, no, spending time with God is the value that I get from becoming more like him. Fellowship, you, whoever you fellowship with the most, that's who you will be like the most, right? And so, that's how you spend more time by understanding the value of that time and, and what you reap and gain from that, right? Now, second part of the question, how to spend time and actually wait on God. Waiting on God, I mean that you sit in a particular chair for 17 days for him to speak, which could be to a degree where he might call God and call you to do any of those things, right? But waiting on God is, is usually through availability. Waiting on God just saying, hey, I'm here whenever you're ready to talk to me. I'm talking about wait, wait on God, like as far as waiting, waiting to hear from God. Um, you just keep going about your life, but you're not going to move your life in a direction until you hear from him. But it don't mean you don't go to work. Most people, when they waiting on God, they're waiting on the answer and it affects their work performance. It affects their relationship performance. It starts to affect those things because you're, you're, too, you're too anxious about it. But when you know God is always on time and will speak to you, you will go about your life knowing that he will let you know when he lets you know. So there has to be a level of, and these type of things grow when you uh, spend more time with him, begin to know who he is. Like, I don't have to worry about God telling me what my next move is. I don't got to worry about whether I should do this or that. I just keep going about my uh, daily disciplined life and I'll go about doing, living life righteously through his, through his help, through his spirit. And then when he wants me to know, he'll let me know. So waiting is not like getting anxious and tight and, 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 and you, your stuff is affected because you're worried if you're going to just go about your life, he'll find you. Now, how do you wait to serve him? You, you discover your gifts. What are your gifts? What do you, what, see, see, it goes from this. Uh, it goes from um, grace to uh, growth to gifting, to grinding for glory. And this is coming off the top of the dome. So God, go with grace or grace and goodness is packaged together. It was the grace and goodness of God that we are saved. 
right? The goodness of God drew us to repentance, which drew us from a place of grace and safety, brought us to a place of salvation where we now begin to grow in fellowship with the Father. Now, we now can have fellowship. We can grow now. And from that growth, now I discover my gifting, or if I knew my gifting before God, I have a different perspective of my gifting now. I have a different perspective of what, what, my, what the reason why I should gift myself to the world. And from that gifting, now I grind for his glory. Right. That's how you serve him and say, God, how can I utilize my gifting today? The best way to serve God is not in your ability, but in your availability. People get so caught up in their ability that they actually find themselves miles and miles away from God because they made their gifting their God versus making God other gift their God. Right. But when you have allowed God to be who he is to you, then you begin to say, OK, I'm just going to be available whenever, whichever gift like do do. Does a toolbox ask you? Are you going to use me yet? A toolbox don't talk. A hammer don't talk. A screwdriver don't talk. Scissors don't talk. A pen don't talk. They're just available. <laughs> They're not screaming at you, hey, I'm able to write. Use me. I I'm a great pen, you know. <laughs> I can surely, I'm, I'm a fine point pen, so them lines are going to be nice and sharp, and we're going to write good. The pens don't talk. Lights don't be like, hey, yo, fam, it's kind of dark in here. Use me, fam. Your eyes, you know. You know, a, a, a hammer is not like you see that nail over there. Let's hammer that thing. Nah, it ain't hammer time. You know what I'm saying? But but what they do is they're available. They're available and they're accessible. They're accessible and they're available. So if you're accessible, like that means you're close. A, a hammer 15 miles away can't help me with the house right now. A pen is in a house in 10 houses down the road is not accessible. So it may be available, but it's not accessible. And you may uh, um, be available, but you're not accessible. You're more you available for these different things, but you're not accessible. So you have to be close to God to be accessible. The closest pen, or or whatever, or my favorite pen is always accessible, right? So accessibility comes from fellowship because you're close. And the closer you are, the more available you are. The more He can trust you, the more available you are. God loves us all equally, but He doesn't trust us all equally. I love y'all, man. I'm at the 32 minute marker. Um, make sure you save your questions. Um, Lord told me to answer your questions, Stephanie. So Stephanie is my last one. Um, make sure you check out my website, imunplugged.com. Links in the description box below for all my books, card games, Patreon, all that kind of stuff, how you can support me, all that good stuff. Um, but Stephanie, the Lord must want you to have make sure, wants you to have an answer today. So let's answer. How can I fight the anxiety of feeling like it's too late? I waste I wasted too much time in the wrong direction. Um, God can redeem the time. Everything boils down to our better to us having a better understanding of God and what the Word of God says. Anxiety builds where there's no trust. Anxiety builds when there's no faith. Right? Um, uh, it's never too late for God. If Colonel Sanders can create a KFC in the 60s, then you and I see a picture, you're young. What can God, what, what can't God do for you? I'm not saying God gave him 11 herbs and spices. I'm not saying that, but he found those 11 herbs and spices in 60 some years old. So how do you fight anxiety? It's fight it with truth. Fight it with understanding your attributes of God. Um, um, the Bible says, uh, uh, let's pull up the scripture. Let me help you. In Philippians, we're going we're gonna to get into the word. We're going to get into the word. Let me see. Um, uh Philippians 4, right? Uh, let's see. I think it was Philippians 4. Uh let's see here. Uh oh, here we here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh all right, here we go. Let me share the screen. Help our sister. Let's help our sister today. 
Uh, <clears throat> All right, here we go. Philippians 4, 4 says, rejoice in the Lord. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always. The number one way to fight anxiety is to rejoice always. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You defeat anxiety with rejoicing, right? And rejoicing doesn't always have to be felt. Sometimes I rejoice in the fact and then my feelings follow. I always try to make sure that my feelings follow the facts. I always endeavor to make sure my feelings follow the facts. When I don't feel like it, when there's no fervor, you know, when you got fervor, you just, you, ooh, we in there, faith strong, ready for anything. But when I feel like I don't feel like, like it, then I got to utilize the facts. This got to be strong too. This can't be the strong, they both, either one of these cannot be extremely stronger than the other. They have to be, there has to be a level of, and no one's going to ever find perfect balance, but there should be a level of, 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 of allowing the Holy Spirit or, or a pace that allows for there to be some level of balance, right? So rejoice in the Lord, keyword always. And then my man had to repeat it and say, again, I said rejoice. He said, listen, this is so important. I had to say it twice. Let not, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. So when you rejoice and have joy in God, you become more of a reasonable person. Joy has a way of making you have the right perspective. So when perspective has to now shift because you have to let your reasonableness be made known, which will allow you to make your days joyful because people need to see that you're reasonable in an unreasonable, unreason, unreasonable world. So let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The only way you can make your reasonableness, reason, reasonableness to be known to everyone is rejoice in the Lord and always because this is the day that the Lord has made, right? These different things will help with anxiety. Number six, uh, uh, the Lord is at hand. I love that. I can be reasonable in any situation because the Lord is present. He's at hand. His spirit is on standby. His spirit is greater than Siri. The sp his spirit is greater than Amazon Echo. You know how fast Siri responds? You know how fast Amazon echoes? He's 20 billion times faster than that. All right? The Lord is at hand. So I can be reasonable anytime because it's at hand. Now, verse six says, do not be anxious about anything. That's a command. Not, not no, well, you, no, you can't. So now you have to say, no, we will not be anxious about anything. Uh -uh. Because, because the more you become aware of God, the less likely you will be anxious. Because you are, you know my God. You be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If we die, we die. But we believe that our God can deliver us from you and from the fiery furnace. And God did. Right? Do not be anxious about anything. But he says, but in everything by prayer, supplication. Supplication is coming to him no matter how. All. Supplication means I'll come as often as I want. Like when kids come to me for counseling, I don't push them away if they want to talk about the same thing 10 times, 10 days in a row. Mm, mm, mm. Come to me. I don't care if you got to come to me the same thing because sometimes it is maybe it's the 11th time that they come, they have the breakthrough. But if I get frustrated with them at the sixth time, then how can they have that breakthrough? God's not like man. God said you can come to me a hundred times because in that hundredth time, you may find your, your, uh, you may be, you may become 100% free. All right. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Prayer, talk to me. God's like, communicate back and forth. The best way to get rid of one another, another way to get rid of anxiety is dialogue, not monologue. You, most of us, we we hold on to the anxiety, we talk, but we leave the answer of our anxiety and think he's going to come follow up with us. No, dialogue. Listen, be available. Let him speak back. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Here we go, rejoicing again. With thanksgiving. 
Yes, I feel sad. Yes, let's talk about you. You say you 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 in your prayer, you may be like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. If it be thy will, God, take this cup from me, but not my will, but thine will. That's that's what you'll be praying with Thanksgiving. It's like, God, I'm coming to you and I don't want to go to this cross. I don't want, I feel anxious. I, I, I feel like it's too late for me, God, but not my will, but thine will. Or God, I feel like it's too late. It's hurting me. I feel sad, but I know you turn everything around for my good, especially because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. Right. So now you got to start getting scriptures to couple with that with Thanksgiving because you are now aware of the goodness of God. You ever had a time where you talk to God and the first uh, 15 sentences is your pain, concerns, struggles. And then there's some level of gear that you shift into where that river of Thanksgiving comes out and then the peace of God comes. Let's keep going. We'll get to that. Um, it says, with personal case, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace God. See, and the peace. The peace of God is there, but us penetrating the peace comes when we do these different things. The peace of God will always, uh, we always tap, tap in. The peace of God is there, but tapping into that peace mentally comes when we choose to rejoice always. When we are wanting our reasonableness to be known to God and we utilize the hand of God that's present at all times, where we, now verse six, where we take our anxiety, where we realize we don't, we're not anxious about anything. When we do have our tough moments, we do go with prayer supplication, but we couple that with thanksgiving. We let our requests be made known to God. God don't mind you requesting, but make sure it's a part of his quest for you. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which means God is saying, my peace is like the confirmation to a package you desire to have. But God saying, I'm not Amazon Prime. My peace lets you know that I heard, trusting that I heard. I find more peace, not with, with the desired package, knowing that the package is coming. I have more peace. I'm more excited that he hears, that he hears me. He says, man, in uh, the peace of God, which pastor, all understand, he says, man, my peace is going to let you know I got you, which will then be like, hmm, I may not understand how I'm going to get out of this. I may not understand how God is going to redeem me out of this, but I know he heard me. And if he heard me, he's for me. And if he's for me, whatever he sees best for me will manifest itself in his in my life. It's going The peace of God will surpass on them because you're in the moment. It's hard to fully understand when you're under a storm cloud. Mm. It's hard to fully understand when you're under a storm cloud. But when you come out of storm, then that's where understanding comes, right? Which surpasses all of which will guard. The peace in of itself will guard your hearts. People are over here having suicide, I mean, having suicide, and people having anxiety attacks, and people over here um, contemplating um, different types of thoughts and are depressed because they're not allowing the peace of God to guard their hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus. Now you have to take some time to get to know who Jesus is and what he did for you, the price that was paid for you, and the the benefits and the blessings that comes comes with that payment. There has to be a mental shift and, a, and an awareness of who he is that helps you to understand to have that peace, even in a situation you don't fully understand. But to answer your question directly, it's you're it's never too late for God. Don't don't focus on the time you wasted. Focus on the time you have. Don't 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 focus don't focus your energy on the time that you heaved, you threw away. Focus on the time that you have. And the final verse says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, is how you get over anxiety. 
whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You got to choose what to think of. Don't think about, don't think on the, don't think on the time you heaved or wasted. Think of the, think of, think about what you can do with the time you have now and work that time. I hope that was a help for you and everyone that may have needed that. Um, that's right, Joe. I'm gonna see, it's never too late with God. Never too late with God. Never too late with God. All smiles. I got a great book called Counterfeit or Counterpart. I go into depth in that book on discernment. Get that book now. On, I'm gonna show you the cover so you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, it's now available on Amazon. Counterfeit or Counterpart. My latest book, book number three. No, oh Lord, no, book number seven. <laughs> book number seven. Um, Counterfeit or Counterpart. I talk about discernment. You could type in discernment in Joshua Ezzy. This yellow, this yellow color here, I have about seven videos um, that I have talked about so far from this book. And I'm going to get back to doing the purpose of singleness and that counterfeit counterpart. So make sure you check out uh, those videos. It's under counterfeit counterpart on um, YouTube. Check that out. And um, there's some videos that will kind of help you with discernment. Or you can type in discernment, Joshua Ezzy. But get this book. I, oh, man, it's the, the things that God gave me in this book is so powerful. I want to make sure you get that. Um and um, I think that's it. Um, all smiles. If you message me today, I'll give you, um, I just feel in my spirit. I'm going to give you the PDF copy of that book. Okay. Now, if you want to get the book, you can, but if you want this in your hand right now, email me tonight. Now I can't promise you this weekend. You better you got to email me tonight. Email me today with email me in the next 24 hours. Cause when you, when the family gets to me, it's a wrap. And I probably get a lot of emails. So make sure you say, hey, man, I'm all smiles because I want your book. Y'all be blessed now. I'm going to see what, who all else got. It definitely, it was a definitely, it was definitely a help. Thanks again. God gets the glory. Stephanie, I'm glad it was a blessing. I love you. I got to go, man. Hope you have a blessed rest of the day. Um, utilize this time this weekend. Maximize it. Spend time with God. Um, hit that notification bell, man. If you want, if you want to get in, um, uh, know when I go live so you can get your questions answered. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Um, anything else on my heart? That's it. Love y'all. Peace.